When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's what everybody, we are back in this episode 190. What is an API with Pratham? So obviously this episode we're going to be talking about all about APIs, including what is an API, what do they do, when do developers reach for them, what's their importance, and then we'll also be touching on some stuff more specifically about Rapid API as well. So if this sounds interesting to you and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And Pratham is no stranger to the show. In the last episode that he was on, we called him the CSS King. He is back on the show to talk all about, like you, like I just said, all about APIs and more specifically about his time at Rapid API, where he now works. So let's just cut right to that interview right now. All right, everyone, we have Pratham on the line here, and uh, he's been on the show before. So Pratham, what's what's up? How's it going? Uh, how's your COVID life going? I guess and. How's your, uh, like, what's been going on since uh, since we last talked to you? Yep, everything is going great so far. Like, first of all, thanks for having me here again. I've been here before as well, where we entered, like, we discussed about CSS, but today we are, I think, here to discuss more about APIs, right? So, yep, let's get started. I'm pretty excited. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, let's dive right into APIs, I think. I think for our audience, just... Uh, what is an API? I kind of want to get your perspective since you're the developer advocate here that is talking about APIs. So fire away at us, Pratham. Yep, cool. So basically APIs, if I put it in a simple terms, I can say that APIs make developers life so easier. For example, a few days back, I was working on a machine learning kind of based model where it was detecting uh, facial emotions. Uh, I think building a such kind of an API from scratch, or uh, not API, but building a such kind of model from scratch is a bit of a task. But for this kind of a stuff, I use an API and it's like a few lines of code and yep, and the project is ready to be published. So if I term put into a particular definition, I can say that API is a interface, of course, that helps two applications to talk to each other or establish a connection between client and server. Uh, where basically client can make a request and get stuff from the server. So, yep, uh, in simple terms, API is nothing but a interface that can build a connection between two applications. So, yep, that's a definition of an API. Yeah, I like that simplistic definition there. I think I think it kind of uh, breaches the whole topic. And I, I like your example of making the search, like, essentially... And you can step in if I'm wrong. You you essentially created an interface to interact with an API, and that API did all the heavy lifting for you. So you just kind of queried the API, and now you have like a full functioning search without having to do any of the backend stuff, right? That's true. Also, like as I said, I was building a facial emotion recognition engine stuff like this. So so like most of the machine learning stuff are done in Python. So if I search for good resources for JavaScript in related to machine learning, there might chances that I will not get good resources because like machine learning is mapped by Python. That's a 
typical scenario we can say that so uh, but i used api as i said so i was coded in javascript and i used fetch api to fetch uh, necessary information from an api so yeah that's the help another benefit of an api it doesn't matter you are coding in python javascript or any other programming languages you can simply use an api which is i think just a few lines of code and you are good to go yeah that's a that's an, another really good point like if the servers it doesn't matter what the server is running the server can be running assembly code for all you care but if it has an interface for you to interact with you can interact with it so yeah you're right like being able to query something and look, like put the heavy lifting on something else is a huge benefit of APIs. And that's kind of where we're going with them. But for people that are just getting in, right, um, you know, people doing Hello World applications, people doing applications with their portfolios and stuff like that. And once they start getting into industry, do you have a good idea of when a developer would typically start reaching for API level integrations? I can say that APIs are essential. For example, like, Building an application from scratch, it's 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 important, of course, if you are new to the field or if you are learning stuff. But but later on, as you progress in your career or as you progress in your coding journey, I think uh, getting and getting yourself get to know to APIs is a must thing to have. Uh, because like, I don't think so. There is a company that uses or maybe writing their code based from scratch. I've, anyone like any any developer or any company in the world using APIs or microservices somehow. So. That is why having a good, strong understanding of APIs is must in today's world, I can say that. So yeah, like basic stuff is definitely important, like building projects from scratch is definitely important, but but once you get used to, or maybe you feel enough confidence, then anyone can start, or maybe one can start with APIs. And I, I can say that learning APIs, it's, it's not a bit of task. Like integration of APIs is, I don't think so it requires some necessary learning. You just need an endpoint, you just need a few fetch APIs or axios, which is pre-built. So you can't need to code that kind of a things from scratch. You just need an API, few understanding, basic understanding, I can say of, of endpoints, HTTP headers, and then you can basically start using APIs right away. Uh, but but that's an API consumer, right? If you are using API, then you are an API consumer. But for example, you are building an API, then you have to build it from scratch, or maybe you are using some kind of a hierarchy where you, use, you are using other API and your API. So basically, then you are an API provider. So if you are an API provider, if you are building API hosting it somewhere, then you might need some little bit of extra knowledge regarding frameworks, uh, middleware, gateways, and stuff like this, so that you can build an API and publish it on somewhere. Yeah. Would you say uh, just something that popped into my head? Uh, when you're start like kind of learning JavaScript, you start using these like filter functions for arrays. You start using you know built-in functions that are kind of like APIs. They're obviously not because you're not connecting to another application. But it is that a good stepping stone? You think like when you're thinking API level stuff, it obfuscates the logic, right? So when you're using a filter function for an array, it does a bunch of stuff that you don't care about. It just pops back the answer for you. Is that uh, a good yep, parallel yep. to an API? It, I think it's a good anatomy to compare with. Like, for example, API is also a similar kind of stuff where some other coder or some other developers wrote a code, wrote a particular code, which you use in your application directly. So it, this, that's an API, right? So similarly, fetch function or map function of arrays, they are also coded somewhere else, but you doesn't matter where the code is written, right? You only need how to pull these methods so that you can perform your functionality or maybe you can perform your task. So that, that's how I think we can compare 
functions with APIs because some other developers write their code, but you just call them. So yeah, good comparison, I can say. Yeah. So what are some challenges then when you're going through build, like uh, interacting? Let's, let's talk from the consumer perspective. Cause I like how you make that distinction from consumer, uh, to like, um, distributor or creator. I can't remember exactly the, the, the word provider, yeah, provider, provider, right? So consumer and provider. Let's talk from a consumer perspective. What are the challenges when using APIs? So there's like, you know, the connection you have to make that you're parsing them. There's a lot more to it, I think. Yep. True. Like, the first, uh, I can say, challenge is maybe API. I think not everyone is talking about APIs, right, in the community. Like, if, if you compare it with some front-end development, let's say, so everyone is talking about front-end development, but no one is talking about back-end development or API development. So the first challenge is that if you ever stuck, finding good resource, finding good answer is a bit of task. You will not easily find good answers of your questions, of your errors, maybe. So I think that's the first challenge. The second challenge is that it, it's it's a bit complicated. The learning curve is a bit complicated, right? Or also, for example, when you're working on an application, it's it's a tedious task to choose between REST API, SOAP API, GraphQL API, because there are a bunch of APIs types out there. And sometimes you don't really know which type of API is the best for your application. So, yep, that's the challenges I can say. Also, yep, as I said, like it's a kind of a backend uh, like developing an API is a backend thing, but I think if you are integrating it as an API consumer perspective, I think you can integrate in your front-end applications as well. So yeah, learning curve is, is a tough here in the API development world. Yeah, for sure. I, can we actually go in a little bit to the API types? I know there's REST and GraphQL. I think there's, there's, a, there's a couple more, but can you explain kind of the differences? Yep, true. Like I think REST is a... Is a very much popular in today's era, right? GraphQL is also is also popular, but I think REST is much popular than GraphQL, as far as I know. Also, like distinct like difference between API types is it's uh, tricky because REST API we can say that it's not a type, but it's an architectural style. Whereas GraphQL API, or maybe not, not GraphQL API, but just a GraphQL, it's a query language that developed by Facebook. So there are lots of things, lots of terms, which we need to get familiar with before uh, before getting differentiation between the correct terms of API. So yeah, I think REST API, it, the difference between REST and Graph, the major difference between REST and Graph is that GraphQL provides or maybe we can solve overfetching and underfetching problems with GraphQL API, whereas REST API, uh, there is overfetching and underfetching problems, right? Because in REST API, there are a bunch of endpoints, but in GraphQL API, there is only one endpoint that you use to fetch a necessary data. So you can modify your query accordingly and get the necessary data. But in REST API, you can fetch only data that are present in a, in a particular at a particular endpoint. So I think that's the major difference between REST and Graph. Other types as well, like SOAP, uh, it's not sort of an API type because it's kind of a messaging protocol. As far as I know, there is other methods as well, like pub publish, subscribe pattern and Kafka APIs as well. So yeah, there are a bunch of types. Yeah, that but definitely... REST and graphs are definitely more popular. Yeah, that definitely complicates things for sure. I know, I know like with, with GraphQL, it's kind of one of those things where you get exactly what you're asking for and REST just gives you everything, even if you only need like one line <laughs> inside the, yeah. uh, inside the response. So like I've always kind of driven to that one. So I, I, I like your, I like your description as well, where it's, uh, 
you know, you, you, you're querying because like GraphQL is the query language and you're querying the exact response that you need to get. It has some complexities to it. Like I haven't, I'm not like an expert in GraphQL yet. I've used it a couple times. I'm much more familiar with REST, but it's something that I'm trying to dive into. I kind of have a question here, actually. So like with, you know, we've been talking about APIs as a, as a tool, let's say, or as like how they function a lot. But one question that is is in my mind is, is that how should they be used in the engineering of an app? So I'll give an example. So um, obviously, if you're learning APIs, maybe you'll seek a bunch of you'll look through like a library of APIs that are available and then make an app based around the API. But in the, let's say the real world, uh, let's say a capture card company for gaming will have their app run the capture card and that's the main function, but then they will use an API to enhance that app to say, pull some Twitch uh, stuff in Twitch integrations. Maybe they show other streamers, stuff like that, like some sort of feed. When you go to engineer your app, should you be building your app around an API or should there be an app that uses an API? Like what is your thoughts on that? Cause something like a news app kind of, depending on if it's the source, like the direct source itself or like a conglomeration, it's kind of just an app that serves an API. If I got your question correctly, I think that's the API first approach as far as I know, right? Because like building an application around API or with API. Like right. Building an application or building a product around APIs is a, is a, we can say, a sort of API first approach where companies are approaching or maybe building products around APIs. But building an application with API, it's it's not a kind of an API first approach. But I think every company or every real world project is is building on based of an, a particular API. Because like, as I said, building any functionality or any kind of a things from scratch is almost impossible. But if you use API, it means that you are making your life easier 90% or maybe 99%. So, yep. Would you say then that there is a, since you have like exposures to exposure to a bunch of APIs, would you say that there's a demand, let's say in the market for people to make APIs because you're saying, you know, it is difficult. And, uh, you know, I'll recall a memory that I had where Mike and I were at a small business presentation and somebody was trying to do uh, rental uh, equipment, specifically camera equipment and, uh, you know, lighting and stuff like that for uh, movie productions and TV show productions. And there was no API for the particular brand or maybe the particular equipment that they were after. And they literally went through all the product pages, documentations and all the rest of it to build out a database of all these, this camera equipment, and then they made their own API. It sort of sounds like, like, would there be, do you think, like, was, would there be a great demand in, like, is, is there a need, I suppose, for people to actually make APIs out there? Is there like a lack of API developers on the market? I think it's getting a bit complicated, but, but yeah, I think demands of API is definitely. I mean, it's definitely in demand for API developers. Like building an API is is also crucial because like every company or every developer is using API somehow. So that is why like API consumers, of course, like number of API consumers is much more than API providers. So that is why like increasing API providers or building API from scratch is also a major thing to have or a thing to consult on because like everyone is consuming API, but not everyone is building an API. Right. So, yep. That makes sense. I'm I'm wondering, like, 
a lot of APIs are not a lot, but there's some a subset of APIs that have no authentication. They're free. Like you can just use them. They just have like a rate limit. So they'll rate limit you. Um, I'm wondering what's the complication there with the authentication? I've always, I, I mean, I've used a lot of APIs with authentication, but I've always found them a little bit more complicated because of that step. Would you say that that is a complication of APIs? Uh, I can say that like adding an authentication or maybe some kind of a security level is a bit of trust. Like for example, generally people use API key, but, but it is not fully secure, right? API key is meant for authentication not authorization. First of all, there are two terms, authentication and authorization. Uh, so yeah, API key is for authentication and not for basically authorization, but we can say that OAuth is for both the things like for authentication as well and for authorization as well. And implementing these kind of a things in your API, if you're an API provider, is a tedious task. So, so that is why like API security is a much thing to have because like all the client data, all the user data are on the stack stake if if a particular client or user using your API somehow. So yeah, that is why, that that's what I said in the beginning, like API, learning APIs is, is a, bit difficult as compared to learning simple technologies. Yeah, for sure. It seems like a rabbit hole, right? Like it seems like initially, oh, it's awesome because you you just interact and get all this data. But once you start going down the complexity levels and the, you know, the different types of APIs that can really become a more complicated subject, like very rapidly too. And I think yep. this kind of transitions perfectly to talking a little bit about rapid API, because that's where you're working. Uh, I, I know rapid API has been doing some really crazy things lately. So I'm just curious, how, how does rapid API help with these kinds of things? Basically, the Happy API is fully secure where anyone can publish their API. And Happy API provides a single API key to their developers or to the user base who are basically consuming the API from a Rapid API hub. So it's fully secure. There's a there's a whole bunch of great architecture behind the scenes, which I'm not fully aware of, but they have a proxy as well. And they provide, that I said, a single Rapid API key, which which makes all the APIs available on Rapid API platform fully secure. So yeah, that's how Rapid API deals with this kind of stuff. That makes sense. What, what about for the consumer side of things? Um, does Rap, I know Rapid API just has like a lot of different APIs that you can search through. Is there anything other than the security aspect that it does to make it easier for people to interface? Yep, true. Like there are a bunch of categories and collections out there. Uh, first of all, there are more than 30, 40,000 APIs on Rapid API, which any consumers can use. These can be public and private, of course. So you have 40,000 APIs, private APIs that anyone can use. Uh, if you're searching for an API, you can basically search according to API name, API description, API docs, provider thing. So searching an API is, a, is very easy. If you're looking for a um, maybe machine learning API, you can simply search machine learning and enter your query and it will give you all the APIs available in the search, search term. And yep. Like searching an API is easy. Connecting with an API is easy if you're an API consumer, because we are talking in a context of API consumers. So, yep. And the best thing is about Rapid API is that you can test any API directly right into your browser. You don't need to start a server on your local host and copy paste the code, and then you can test the API. You can test directly into your browser. So that's the best part. If you're an API consumer, Rapid API is the thing. That's pretty cool. So do, you, do APIs kind of come to you and uh, 
publish right through Rapid API, or do you reach out to APIs to get them on the platform? I'm just curious how uh, how you have so many. You said forty thousand, right? Uh, no, like okay, let's let's compare Rapid API to GitHub, right? On GitHub, you can basically post any repository having some kind of a code, but but the thing is that you can also host, uh, you can also publish the code of your API on GitHub. But the thing is that you can't test any API right into your browser on GitHub. But on Rapid API, you can host an API on a hosting service, let's say Heroku, and then you can publish your API on Rapid API Hub, where over three, four million developers can use it. So like building an API is one thing and making it accessible to other developers is the other thing. I think building an API is very easy as compared to making it accessible to other developers. Because like if you build some kind of a number API, how will you tell other developers that you are an API provider and build this API, which is ready to use. So that's where Rapid API comes into play. It makes it accessible to over 4 million developers, which they can use your API using API key that Rapid API provides. So yeah, that's the basic difference. You can simply publish your API on Rapid API Hub. And the community of Rapid API and the user base of Rapid API is so huge. So we are not reaching out to people explicitly. They simply put their API on Rapid API or publish their API on Rapid API Hub. So it's kind of like an app store for APIs, right? Like it's like a search database for APIs. And I'm guessing, and you can, again, correct me if I'm wrong, the develop, like the um, provider of the API gets some sort of benefit in terms of if they, if like a bunch of people use it through Rapid API, they get some sort of, you know, kickback, some sort of monetary compensation commission, something like that. Like app, Rapid API is all about APIs, right? You just can't publish, but you can publish any kind of tutorial if you have related to your API, a documentation maybe. And if you are using some kind of subscription, you can add plans and pricing where the developers can subscribe to your API. And that's how you can earn money as well from Rapid API. So it, it's not about just an app or just a marketplace. It used to be a marketplace, Rapid API used to be a marketplace, but now it's a Rapid API hub. Because later we realized that it's not a, it's not just selling and buying an API. It's it's much more than that. that. So that is why it's Rapid API Hub. Also, like Rapid API is available for Rapid API for Teams and Rapid API Enterprise Hub, where internal, not internal, I can say uh, any organization can host their internal APIs. Where you just need to subscribe to an API once, and all the team members can use it. So yeah, that's the main product of Rapid API. What would be the, or I guess what would be the procedure or how would a junior developer make the most out of using Rapid API? Obviously, you can test some stuff in the browser and there's obviously this almost like an app store of APIs there. But what would be the, you know, are there telltale signs with certain APIs that beginners slash juniors should start with? Uh, should they be looking for certain things? I know some APIs will ask you, hey, you know, please store this in a database of your own and update it every now and then. Is that too much? Like, are there some telltale signs that someone who is, you know, completely new, maybe they're just a solo developer, freelancer, and they're browsing the the, the library of, of Rapid API. Is there some telltale signs of something that they should start with? Like, what would be your suggestions in that area? Uh, like if, if you're a junior developer and looking for publisher API or maybe consuming an API from Rapid API, it's super simple. I can say we have a bunch of content revolving around this kind of stuff. Like we we also have a learn lab where anyone can learn how to consume or how to publish your API using interactive examples. So if you're a junior developer specifically, just 
go there. There is a platform called rapidata.com slash learn, where you can learn this kind of stuff, how to publish your API, how to consume an API from Rapidata Hub. So we, we provide a good or better developer experience in terms of providing by providing content, appropriate content, I can say, where like we simply make the life easier for developers by uh, giving the, a well-settled platform for their API so that any other developers can subscribe or maybe use your API or you can consume other APIs. I think I see here like there's public APIs, private APIs, stuff like that. Like there, there is a ton to choose from. I'm just looking at the website right now, the hub. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a really it's a really big tool. I think I think like you mentioned it already, but the one API key to access all APIs is actually a very a pretty big deal. Um, like I said, my biggest challenge usually with APIs is the authentication, whether it's the OAuth, whether it's an uh, an API key, uh, managing that. Is is there this might get a little bit more complex, but is there a way to monitor the usage of your APIs? So in your project, can you is there analytics that you provide on how how much your app is using? Yep, there is an There is a developer dashboard. Uh, let me also open the website. I think if you go to my APIs or my apps, you will right. see a developer dashboard. Right. Yeah, I see. Where you, yep, where you can track your API score or maybe all the APIs you subscribe. And yeah, track your calls basically. And if you're an API provider, there is a provider dashboard as well where you can check uh, all the subscription of your APIs. So yeah, it's it's not just a matter of one single API key. Like for example, if you're using 10 APIs from 10 different platforms, then you have to manage 10 different APIs key and 10 different dashboards. But here at Rapid API key, uh, you can use any API with one single API key. And there's only one dashboard where you can check all your analytics. Yeah, it's it, it, it's honestly like making APIs easier is a very big deal. And there's a reason why something like Rapid API, an applic- a program like Rapid API or a company like Rapid API, I should say, is doing so well. Like you, you guys just closed your Series D funding at a billion dollar valuation. I'm assuming that means that you're expanding. Like I'm assuming that means that's going somewhere. Can you talk anything about like the future of Rapid API, what to expect, uh, stuff like that? Yeah. So like we just got Series D funding, which is like 150 million at a 1 billion valuation. So we are now a unicorn company. I'm pretty glad that I'm a part of Rapid API right now. Also like, yeah, additionally, the funding will support the growing demand of Rapid API Enterprise Hub where other organization or other enterprise hub use Rapid API. So that's the future plan. We just tripled the number of enterprise deployment in 2021 and over 100% ARR. So that's the plan in the future. But definitely like Rapid API is all about developers. So main goal is to provide better developer experience and better platform in the world about API. So that's the main goal of Rapid API. Makes sense. And developer relations is becoming a big thing. You're a developer. You're in developer relations. You're you're one of the more successful ones as far as I can see. Um, can you talk about Rapid API's developer relations stack? Yep, true. Like there are three platforms. First of all, like DevRel, Rapid API is all about developers. So having a DevRel or maybe providing better developer experience is most important. So yeah, there is three DevRel stack. 
one is rapid api guides uh, you can find all the this all the platforms at rapidapi.com slash guides rapidapi.com slash learn and rapidapi.com slash courses so basically what a guide is guides is much more than just a simple blog here you can find short form or long form content uh, up, along with interactive components because as i said api development is is a little tricky or little tough so if you just learning by reading it will little chance that you will get things little easier so having a interactive component or some sort of visualization help you learning things quicker so that is what that is where rapid api guides comes into play there is another platform called rapid api learn where you will find interactive labs it's basically much more than uh no it's it's just a learning labs where you can learn how to publish your api on rapid api how to consume apis or maybe everything about rest api graphql API. These are the labs available right now. We will planning to add more, of course. And Rapid API courses is, of course, free video courses. Absolutely free video courses, I can say, from Rapid API developer experts. So these are the three things. Uh, we are providing content to, to the developers out there so that we can provide better DX. We got a huge community of over 27 million developers across all the social. And yeah over 4 million user base we have at Rapid API. So that's what DevRel is doing at Rapid API currently. And you guys don't do anything drastically different. So if I were to go in there and learn a little bit about your platform uh, th or like learn through your platform, the labs aspect, the courses, and I would need to, you know, use those skills in a different API that's not through Rapid API. That that's transferable, right? Like this isn't, you know, you're locked into a platform. You're learning APIs the Rapid API way. Like, like for example, we are devils. We doesn't work for a particular company. We for, we work for developers, right? So that is why we pro it, it doesn't provide content that revolves around Rapid API. We provide content that revolves around APIs or maybe for web developers in general. So that is why here your learning will never get waste. You will learn how to build APIs, how to publish API, not just on Rapid API, but on anywhere because we are here for developers. Yeah, and that that's that's great. And I, I think exactly like one of the things that I noticed early on when I was learning APIs was that first of all, Rapid API was already around. Like that you've been around for a while. Um, and I remember just going through and just going through your list of public APIs, trying to find one that fit my sample project. There's so many to choose from that it kind of like it kind of it's kind of mind boggling how many free ones are out there. So I kind of recommend people that are listening to this and want to take the next step. Like if you've already built a couple of sample projects that don't query any sort of external API, start looking at it. Rapid API again is a really good choice to to take a look because they have a you know a, a, an entire marketplace of free APIs. But there's also you know any other GitHub repos and stuff like that you can look at and start taking a step forward into the API marketplace because when you get into work, like Pratham was saying, it's never going to be as easy as, hey, we're just working with our internal systems or we're just working locally. We're, we're not going to be, you know, connecting with anything else. I think all of my work that I've ever done professionally and in corporate world has all interacted with external systems. And usually it just expands like as the comp as the program gets more complicated, the, the complication comes from 
all the different integrations across different APIs. And it's really important to kind of understand that concept. And I know when I, if you're in an interview situation, it's most likely going to be asked. So I think, again, the whole point of this episode was to, I get one, talk about uh, APIs, talk about rapid API, catch up with Pratham, obviously, and, uh, and just give that kind of direction for people that are looking for that next step. APIs are important, I guess. I can say. Yeah. Like you will definitely, if you're a developer, if you're an engineer or a coder, there will be a point in your life when you interact with a particular API, for sure. So that is why learning API or building an API is, is important. Yeah, building an API too. I, that's that's something that I've only done like for my local projects um, or for my like, you know, I build small APIs with routing and stuff like that. But I haven't done for a public, which is kind of is kind of something that I that I want to dive into, but like you said, it's not—it's it's actually pretty complicated, especially in terms of scaling and uh, security and stuff like that, because they can be taken advantage of pretty yep. easily. Yep, it was—it was difficult when RapidAPI was not here, but now RapidAPI is around. So, like, if you have a API ready in your local machine, why not publishing publishing it on RapidAPI so that other developers can also use it? So, yep. I was actually going to ask you a question about that. Sorry, but no, sorry to jump in there. But um, <clears throat> like I, I've been noticing, especially with, you know, larger projects and I'm sure a bunch of other you know, web developers and web engineers, whatever, have, have experienced this as well, is there, there's times, especially in the larger projects that have a lot of traffic and maybe even he- like a heavy amount of traffic, you know, transferring media, those type of things. I noticed that it's starting to get into the area of which Mike and I are trained to an extent is actually networking. Um and like, I realized like, you know, rap API could, you know, go on there. It'll probably do the, you know, whatever, all the load balancing and all that stuff and all the inner workings that will help you scale that API. But if you were to say, take it out of rapid API, I just kind of want to know what your thoughts are on that. Like, is there, at what point does a, does an API almost require not just the, the dev that's managing the database and the endpoints and this and that, but actually a network engineer that understands load balancing and stuff like that. Like, at what point do network engineers almost have to step in? Oh, I think I didn't get your question. It's, it's a bit of words. Can you please compile it in a shorter term so that I can understand what you are exactly asking? Yeah, so, you know, in terms of... um in terms of like, if I, if I had an API, just to give an example, if I had an API and it was just sure, to okay. access like some sort of, some sort of, uh, I don't know, the local restaurants, sure. The local restaurants around me and like 10 people are using it. That's no problem. I can probably put that on shared hosting or something, right? Something real easy. But then let's say all of a sudden, you know, that growth curve goes way high and I have like a hundred million people accessing this thing. It, at what point does the, you know, the scale of an API, in your opinion, kind of, outgrow a web dev and require a web dev plus like plus a network engineer like do you have a lot of network engineers at rapid api there like how does that kind of work like i think i call your question and i think i'm not much into this space but but one thing i can say that if you ever feel that uh, demand of your api is increasing then you can simply change the rate limit of your API, if 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 your API is published on Rapid API, you Rapid API will manage all the things under the hood for you. You just need to uh, change it at a user interface, just the rate limit use, so that, for example, if you only wants to allow users make ten thousand APIs call per second, you can simply do that by adding rate limiting at Rapid APIs. So that's what I know. I'm not much into networking, and I don't think so. What's going on behind the scenes, but 
that's the thing you can any api providers can do without getting much knowledge about networking and stuff like this if you are a rapid api provider and that is good to know because if you are a person that you know does suddenly get a bunch of demand and you, let's say you do not want to rate limit but as a band-aid you know before you contact like a networking guy or whatever you could you know especially on rapid api you could just set a rate limit and then slowly open those floodgates up or whatever as you as you progress i guess i believe networking is a completely different field from apis i think api is is a kind of a related to networking because like api using http protocol which is also a networking protocol i guess so i think they are related but i think api development and networking development or networking i'm not i'm not sure what's the correct term here is but they, they, they both have different things and if you're an api provider you not necessarily need to learn about networking in much depth so that is why rapid api can help like if you want to limit the rate you can simply limit using inter- user interface you don't need to write some kind of a hard coding and stuff like this right right you don't need some sort of infrastructure in your you know aws or whatever or even in your house <laughs> you don't need something <laughs> that's, crazy that's going on yet that makes sense um but yeah, I, I think with that being said, I think I want to kind of pass it off to you, Pratham. If you have anything else you want to say about Rapid API or about APIs or anything in general, kind of the floor is yours. You can say whatever you want and then we'll wrap it up. So yep, the one thing I can say that API development is important, especially if you're a web developer, because like working with APIs is, is a must thing. And yeah, like if you ever get stuck in your API development career or maybe you want to consume some kind of an API, make sure to visit rapidapi.com slash hub where you will find over 40,000 APIs you can choose from. There are literally all the APIs from any category you can choose. And yeah, also we have a cool devil stack where three platforms are present. One is Rapid API Guides, Rapid API Learn and Rapid API Courses where you can learn about API if you're a junior or maybe you are very early in your career. So that's how we provide better DX. We got a good community, not a good, but we can say that healthy community of 27 million developers across social. And yeah, I think that's pretty much about it, APIs and Rapid API. And if you ever get stuck, feel free to reach me out. I will happy to help you out. Perfect. Awesome, Pratham. So I'm going to actually link all of what you just said in our show notes. So if you're listening to this, you can go to our show notes on htmlallthings.com and uh, check all those links out as well as Pratham's Twitter link where you can kind of contact him or tag him and uh, ask him any questions about Rapid API because he is the developer advocate there, as you know from the introduction. Um, but with that, I think we're good to go. Matt, do you have any other parting remarks or we can wrap it up? No, I think that's really good. Um, and I, I just wanted to note that it's, you know, it's good to see, you know, Rapid API is not only just a tool, but it's also uh, a, a tool for learning, which is really helpful. And it isn't just, you know, you know, people showing up and being like, whoa, like, what the heck is an API? Like, how do I get started? This and that. And it's not just like a collection of a collection of APIs letting people, you know, try to figure it out themselves. It's actually just it's actually a full sort of almost like a suite of experience where someone can actually learn what's going on, get familiar with it. And there's different APIs on there and like they can actually see a collection. So, you know, it sounds like a, a, a good product. And uh, when I when and if I ever need an API, I will definitely check it out. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that interview as much as we did. But 
Before we go, we, we do want to thank our $3 tier patrons, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on YouTube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript, Garrett from Local Path Computing and Web Design on LocalPathComputing.com, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital via BlueBlackDigital.com, Chris from Selfmade Web Designer via SelfmadeWebDesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker via TheWebHacker.com, DL Ford from DLFord.io, Bipashash from Nineblock Media via NineBlockMedia.com, Jason from Geek Life Radio via GeekLifeRadio.com, Michael Curie from MC Web Studio via MCWebStudio.ca, Magnus from Yes web via yesweb.se jeff from twitter via at the jeff McHale, and edubloxians game designed for kids via edubloxians.com feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on and this outro will sign us off you've been listening to html all the things podcast web development web design and small business we hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show and we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings and we hope you had some fun we'll be back soon but in the meantime hit us up on social media on facebook instagram and patreon at html all the things and on twitter at html everything until next time this is html all the things signing off.